Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. I'm Carla Cordo, an editor and product coordinator for Actus, and I'll be your host for today's show, which is part of our Conversations with Carla series. In every episode of the series, I'll be joined by a guest who is behind one of our most popular and exciting Actus educational offerings to share their expertise. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Sharm Brody, RN, CCDS, CCDSO, a CDI education specialist for HC Pro and Actus, based in Middleton, Massachusetts. Sharm has more than 35 years in the healthcare industry, including multiple areas of nursing in a variety of roles. Prior to joining Actus, she worked as a consultant providing program audits, implementation, and continuing education for CDI departments. She has implemented and overseen CDI departments in both large academic and small community hospitals. Sharm is a member of the CCDS Certification Committee and Actus Regulatory Committee and is a frequent contributing writer and subject matter for Actus. Welcome, Sharm. I'm so excited for today's topic, which is physician and CDI collaboration. But first, a quick reminder about the fact that the Actus podcast now offers 0.5 Actus CEUs for the first two days after airing, which can be used towards your CCDS or CCDSO recertification requirements. We'll share the instructions at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. Now, before we jump into our topic, a brief word about today's sponsor. The Physician Documentation Integrity Pocket Card helps you improve patient acuity and severity by focusing on common areas of vague and nonspecific physician documentation. Use the Physician Documentation Integrity Pocket Card to help your physicians remember key documentation points. This laminated, wear-resistant, six-panel card includes everything from documentation basics to severity of illness clinical indicators. It simplifies tips for common documentation improvement opportunities, and it fits easily in the physician's pocket. This product provides documentation basics for the short-term acute care patient setting, includes tips for discharge summary documentation, detailed documentation needed to establish a condition as a reportable diagnosis, includes key reminders for documentation needed to reflect patient acuity, offers advice for how to differentiate between acute, chronic, and resolved conditions, helps providers translate commonly vague documentation into a more precise associated diagnosis, Fold for physicians to carry in their pockets and is laminated for durability and easy cleaning. The Physician Documentation Integrity Pocket Card is sold in packets of 25 so that you can easily distribute it to physicians at your organization. You can learn more using the link in today's show notes. So thanks again for joining us today, Sharm. I am especially excited to sit down with you today to discuss how physicians and CDI can collaborate. I think it's just such an interesting topic because there's so much that can be done there when CDI and physicians are working together as a team. So to start us off, why is it so important that physicians and CDI professionals take the time to build those collaborative relationships and strong communication with one another? Well, I'm going to agree with you. It is extremely important that physicians and CDIs do have that collaborative relationship. If this type of strong collaborative relationship isn't developed, the whole CDI process will not move forward. It's not going to thrive in the way that it should. As a team, our primary objective is for the patient to have a clear, accurate medical record that will follow them for the rest of their lives. It's a legal document. We'll come and go, but they will remain and they will move forward. So we want to make sure that the story is accurate and that it is told in a way that anyone in the future will come to the same conclusions that we did. 
So it's extremely important. Now, if we're not having this strong communication between our physicians, this story can go very badly. So it is our kind of responsibility that through this type of communication to make sure that all of that happens. We need to build trust with the physicians first and foremost. They need to see us as providing them with information and resources. And the key is to make sure they know we recognize all of this added burden that this is going to put on them. But we want them to know that we're there to help them, not hinder them. Unfortunately, a lot of providers are under the impression that we're coming in. And what we're going to do is we're going to flood them with unnecessary questions. And we're not. That's not the purpose of a CDI department. We just want that record to be accurate. Um, As the story goes, we want that picture of that patient painted accurately. So that's my short and kind of sweet answer to that. Yeah, I feel like that topic comes up so much of CDI is really there to make sure that whoever picks up the medical record, they're all going to be able to say the same thing about the same, about the patient and come to the same conclusion. It's just so important for the patient care that the information is the same from provider to provider because they may not always see the same provider too. And you want to make sure that their care continues and is congruent. That is true. And I will tell you, it's so much information these days being publicly reported um, about patient satisfaction. Uh, We want to make sure that the patient is satisfied. So when they have to go to either a consultant or something happens with their primary care and they have to move on to a different doctor, we want to make sure that that story that follows them um, is satisfying to them, believe it or not. And think about it in a way that if you, you know, 20 years from now, you know, you're a young person, 20 years from now, you started having some issues. You want all of the baseline information about you to be accurate and true. So you do, if ever, and hopefully you never do, but if you start having issues, everything that comes with you, that legal document is the best document it can possibly be. That totally makes sense, especially like you said, looking forward in life, if you start to have some sort of illness, you want a clear, accurate history so that your provider has all the information they need to try and formulate a diagnosis based on your history. Absolutely. So if you're a new CDI department or you're a CDI department that historically doesn't have great relationships or great communications for physicians, what are some first steps you can take to try to build that relationship or at least lay down the foundation to start to improve things? I think the first thing that I would want people to to know especially new um, CDIs or even the coding team that is getting into the CDI process is don't necessarily take it personally. It is probably nothing that you personally have done. Unfortunately, many of these relationships start out somewhat strained, either because the physicians were not informed that you were going to be a presence in their life, or it was not explained to them what the purpose of this department is. Uh, Nobody likes to be surprised. And unfortunately, a lot of physicians are surprised when a CDI shows up and starts asking questions. So usually explaining exactly what we're going to do and how we're going to do it is going to help that relationship. So as a CDI specialist, you know, I try to find out how I could encourage the physicians. What would they need that would I could give them that would be helpful? Sometimes, you know, it might be talking to them about their publicly reported profile. Other physicians, their answer to that was, I didn't even know it existed. So that might not be, you know, the same fit for everyone. And other times you have to explain exactly what is going on. Um, Maybe, you know, it's something that they think that 
a lot of them think that we're coming in and what we're trying to do is just make money. So we want to explain that, that that's not, you know, our purpose. Everybody needs to be paid. Yes. And I will tell you, I had a physician that was adamantly against CDI. And when I finally got him to sit down and talk to me and explain to me what his frustration was or what in his perception was it that we were going to do, he thought that the hospital was spending unnecessary money on developing new departments out of nowhere, as he said, thin air, when he needed better supplies or he wanted more nurses on the staff or something to that nature. And I ended up explaining to him that, you know what, everybody does need to be paid. I absolutely agree with you, but it is not all about the money. And in order for, you know, better resources for him, more staff, we had to make sure that we were getting paid appropriately. And I said to him, and then, in the, in, you know, at the end, if things don't work out the way that they should for the hospital, because even though they're paid separately, this hospital could close. What that would mean personally for that physician is now instead of walking across the yard and coming into the hospital, you might have to get into a car and drive 45 minutes away. So there's a lot of different things. You've kind of got to find out um, what makes them tick. And whatever it is that makes them tick, find a way to involve that in getting them involved. That's such a fascinating story, Sharm. You don't realize necessarily how many misconceptions there are about CDI until you hear firsthand from other people exactly what they think CDI does or what the purpose is or why hospitals are bringing them on. So like you said, I think it's so important to meet physicians, providers, anyone else in the organization that might be hesitant to meet them where they're at and find out what their what their thoughts are. So that way, if it is something that you can explain or help them better understand the purpose of CDI or maybe correct a misperception, you could m- make so much grounded building that relationship between the two departments. It's just, it's, it's really interesting how much perception of the CDI department really affects how well others are willing to collaborate with them. It, it certainly is. It, it, it really is. And the other part to that too, is you want to make sure you know how they learn. Mm-hmm. Have, I think a misconception about how physicians learn or how they've been taught, um, we don't all learn the same way. So finding out how they learn and, and using that to help you. You know, are they visual? Are they more, um, you hand them the guidelines or uh, that would be an extreme that you'd actually do that. But is it, you know, through sitting down with them and showing them the query process and showing them the rules, or is it just having a conversation with them or visually showing them their documentation compared to what you would like to see? That often helps. Many CDIs, if depending on what their, their mission is, are involved in denials nowadays. And one of the best ways to get a physician on board with denials is to help them write the rebuttal letter. So find out how they learn and, you know, when is the best time, obviously, uh, to approach them. If it's in the middle of rounds, you know, might not be the best time and maybe you need to go away and come back at a later time. And sometimes it's the physicians themselves that can really help uh, reach other physicians. You look at organizations like ones that have physician champions or physician advisors that are directly serving as like a link between CDI and the medical staff. How is it different when it comes from physicians? Like how can, how can physicians help increase buy-in among their colleagues in a way that maybe the CDI department can't? Um, you know, he, here's the, the end all be all of that, to be honest with you. We don't walk in their shoes. 
I can try to imagine what it is like to see 60 patients a day. Um, on top of that, still have to, to be going, you know, learning, have to deal with families, uh, have to deal with maybe their own family outside of the hospital. So as much as I would like to, I, I don't walk in their shoes. So having somebody that has a little bit better knowledge of what CDI does, like an advisor might, someone that can actually say, I know exactly what you're talking about. That is a good person to have no matter what you do, whether it's another CDI specialist, whether it's a physician, whether it's the, you know, the, the clerk that works on the unit in the hospital. It's always nice to hear things from somebody that is doing what you do and walking in your shoes. Hopefully your physician advisors are good, positive people, because as you know, negativity spreads a lot faster than positive thoughts. So hopefully they are a very positive person. Hopefully they show them that the CDI specialists are there to help them, um, give them a better idea of resources that are available. And sometimes when things don't get, you know, go exactly right, having somebody that can step in in that position, but have it be somebody on the, the same level is a little bit better than having maybe somebody that is, you know, in the C-suite or something come down on them. So I think that that's a, it's a, a valuable thing to have somebody that walks in their shoes. I definitely agree with you. And I think there's so much value when that person is a very well-respected member of the medical staff or someone that other providers and other physicians look up to, uh, because I, th- I think it's harder to ignore what they're saying, essentially. Like it, you're, you're inclined to take it more seriously because you know that it's coming from a trusted source that you look up to. And someone that's from, maybe not familiar with the CDI department might not listen as closely to something a CDI professional is saying as they would from a respected peer that they know really well. Even if it's the same exact thing, they just might give it, I think, more weight when it comes from someone you know and look up to. Yes. And you 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 set it in trust, somebody that they trust. Yes. Yeah. Trust is a huge theme that keeps coming up here. The importance of building trust between CDI and physicians. And that's not that's not something you can do overnight. What does that look like? How can um, CDI specialists build trust with physicians that maybe aren't as trustful of the CDI department yet? Well, I'm going to tell you, first and foremost, you have to be a good listener. So you have to listen to what they have to say first and try to, you know, get them on the same page as you. Um, You have to win their trust clinically. So I will tell you with all of the different technology that is out there, all of it is all well and good but you have to build that trust with them clinically. Um, It is a thing that I will tell you, if you lose it, it is very hard to get back, extremely hard. You need to make sure that when you ask a question that you have done your due diligence first, you know your stuff. You don't go into something and not show that you've done that. It'll show that you do not respect them. They will not have trust in you and they will think that you are wasting their time. We don't want to waste anybody's time. Time today is, you know, you know, it is a luxury. We don't have that type of, of time. If you approach a physician to get them to help you educate or understand something, demonstrate that you are a good listener. They, nobody, again, ever wants to feel that they, they've had their time wasted. We want to prove to them that we're a valuable member of this team. So be thoughtful, be respectful, show that you are a hard worker, win their trust. And once you've done that, keep it. I'm going to tell you, you will not get it back. Tell them that you, you know, when they've done a good job, that they have done a good job. 
be positive. Don't be negative. Nobody wants to deal with somebody that is negative all the time. Don't argue with physicians. The reason we have escalation policies in hospitals or even outside of hospitals, regardless of what type of office you work in, in physician advisors is to let them, if there is an issue, let them deal with it, not us. We need to be able to communicate with the, the physicians effectively. If you start being a nitpicker or you get into arguments with them, they're not going to want to deal with you anymore. They're going to want to walk away from you. The minute that happens, you're not a valuable member of the team anymore. So be a hard worker, be respectful, make sure you've done your own diligence and demonstrate that. That's awesome, Sharm. Thank you for offering that perspective. It is it's just so, so important, like you said, due diligence and going into those conversations prepared. When it, when it comes time to passing along information and providing education, is that something CDI and physician champions or physician advisors should look to offer together to collaborate on? Or is it really best left to one department to provide that education? No, um, you know, it really depends on the topic of education, to be very honest with you. I think the best model is to work together. This way, everybody is hearing the same exact story from both departments. So it, you know, we've kind of leveled the playing field there. We're all sending the same message. If it, and it depends on what type of meeting or where I'm going to actually offer the education. I would go to med, med exec meetings where, you know, a lot of the physicians in the leadership of a hospital would go. I would tend to get like maybe three minutes to speak, but I always found it helpful when I had a physician with me to answer any clinical questions from other physicians. I would go to the different specialties meetings. And usually when I did that, I would also get a physician engaged with me. It just came across to the people that were attending the meeting that, you know, we were together, we were a team, and that was the best approach. But there are going to be other times when the education maybe should come from just the physician advisor. Um, and that might be when there are areas of deficiencies, something like that, where it is, we're going to be speaking about not just education, we're going to be speaking about something else um, with the physicians. And usually it has to be um, some type of deficiency in some area, whether it's the way they answer queries, or they're not answering the queries, or it doesn't seem like they have the knowledge to answer the queries. So in those, it's kind of like you got to feel it out. Is that a better time for just a physician to be with a physician? Or is this where I can step in? Usually when it's that type of issue, I step in after the fact. I let the physician to physician have a conversation, and then I'm part of the resolution afterwards. I'm helping support the education after the fact. That makes a lot of sense, especially, like you said, there's so much value in providing uh, or presenting a united front when there is that group level education, but there's also value in the peer-to-peer education as well between physician to physician when there is an issue and then the CDI specialist coming in, like you said, to help provide the solution. So I I really like how you broke that down. Um, We only have a couple of minutes left and I did just want to take a moment to share with everyone that one of your latest projects has published. Um, Something really exciting that I had the opportunity to work with you on is the Physician Documentation Integrity Pocket Card and you did review and update it just a few months ago, and it is now available. 
which is really exciting. It's sold in packs of 25, so organizations can buy them and hand them out to their physicians. I know a lot of organizations also create their own tip cards and other materials that they distribute to physicians. How can physicians use resources like pocket cards and tip cards to improve their documentation? What's the benefit to them? Well, the biggest benefit is that, uh, you know, most physicians, they want to do their job. They want to do it in a timely manner and they want to go home like the rest of us. So it's all about where do we find these resources? Can we get to them quickly, efficiently? And do they give us the information that we need? They don't want to be visiting numerous sites. And with the tip cards, it is kind of like a one-stop shop for everything that you need, the basics that you need. And they are concise. They're easy to look at. You know how, you know, it doesn't take a lot of follow-up. You don't need to go learn or watch a tutorial or anything like that. It's there. It's useful information. We break it down very concise. And it just relieves that burden. You know, they can fit it in their pocket if they want to. They can pull it out when they want to. They can read it walking down a hallway or sit and have lunch wherever they would like to do it. And they know that it's come from a reliable resource. So that is probably the key. Now, honestly, nothing against organizations developing their own if that's what they choose to do. But I I think coming from a a resource like Actus and HC Pro, that's a really good thing to have. That way you're not worried about information changing. Um, You're not worried about when somebody was trained 20 years ago, if things changed. It's just, it's... It speaks for itself. And like I said, they are very easy to read. You can literally glance at them as, as you're doing almost anything else. They're compact. They're great. There's something great about just having that information right there at your fingertips when you need it versus having to take the time to do a Google search search or pull out the phone or tablet and look into it, go to the different organizations, websites, that sort of thing. Yes. Just pulling it. I mean, and I, you know, I, it's kind of crazy, but just having it sit in your pocket, it's easy to take out no matter what you're doing. You don't have to worry about service. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, getting onto your phone or any of those things. It's just there. They, they will give you the basics that you need you know, when do you need to include the etiology? When do you need to include classification or something of that nature? It's just quick to the point and easy. Well, thank you so much, Charm. It's always a pleasure speaking with you, especially, like I said, one of my favorite topics is talking about collaboration between different departments. And um, so I really enjoyed our conversation about how physicians and CDI can work together. Unfortunately, we have run out of time today. But if our audience has any questions about the topic, feel free to email the Actus team at info at actus.org. We'll also put that email in today's show notes, which are available on the show page at actus.org and in your podcast app. So you can grab it from there. Again, thank you so much, Charm. Yes, Carla. Thank you very much. Now it's time for the Actus Update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association. I wanted to begin by taking a moment to remind listeners of all the different ways they can earn CEUs through opportunities with Actus, as this is a question we're often asked. Actus members can earn up to six CEUs per year by reading the bi-monthly CDI journal. Published six times per calendar year, the journal is jam-packed with articles and how-tos that provide real-world actionable advice. If you take the survey for each edition, you earn one Actus CEU per issue. You also have the option to go back to past issues for a full year and take those CE quizzes as well. 
Actus members can also listen to the quarterly member calls and earn up to four CEUs per year that way. Each quarter, members of the Actus Advisory Board join the Actus leadership team to discuss hot topics in CDI, such as case mix index or creating organization clinical criteria. These calls offer one Actus CEU, and you can also go back a full 12 months to listen to the previous calls and take those CEU surveys. Not an Actus member? Well, not only can you earn free CEUs through the Actus podcast, but you can also earn CEUs through our annual CDI Week webinar. Every year, Actus offers a free webinar during CDI Week in September, highlighting the findings from the CDI Week industry survey. You can go back for one year to listen to the webinar and take the associated CEU survey. Actus also periodically offers free and sponsored webinars. These take place on a rolling basis and often offer one to one and a half CEUs, depending on the length of the program. The CEU period for these programs only remains open for roughly two weeks after the live program. Actus also offers free single or multi-day events during the year that offer Actus CEUs. They're announced on a rolling basis via the Actus website and publicized in CDI strategies on our social media channels and sent out via email. So be sure to be connected with us so that you've always got the latest updates. I also want to briefly mention a few updates regarding the 2023 Actus Conference in Chicago. There's just a few days left to take advantage of the return of early bird pricing for conference registration. That's an additional $100 off your registration, an exclusive offer that ended in early March, but we've brought it back for a limited time. You can use the link in today's show notes to register, but be sure to do so by April 14th. Additionally, if you've already registered for the conference but haven't booked your hotel stay yet, please note that the hotel room block closes this Friday, April 14th. If you're looking to stay in the same hotel as the conference and want to ensure the best possible pricing, you must book your room by Friday, April 14th. Note that the room block may sell out before then, so be sure to book as soon as possible using the link in today's show notes or by calling the hotel and referencing the Actus conference. Lastly, some exciting news for Actus local chapters. After extensive review by the Actus Chapter Advisory Committee, we're happy to announce the updated Actus Local Chapter Leadership Toolkit has been posted. All chapter leaders are encouraged to look over these resources now and in the future for guidance about leading a chapter. The toolkit features information from Actus as well as advice from seasoned leaders with documents on topics such as hosting your first meeting, virtual meetings, expanding participation, PowerPoint templates, sample on-site volunteer duties, sample meetings in a can, vendor involvement, soliciting and evaluating speakers, leadership team building, sample chapter bylaws, and more. You can check out the full list of resources available anytime beneath the map of the main local chapter page on actus.org or by using the link in today's show notes. Don't hesitate to reach out to the Actus team at info with any questions. As a reminder, before we close out, Each Actus podcast episode now offers 0.5 Actus CEUs, which can be used towards recertifying your CCDS or CCDSO credential for those who listen to the show in the first two days from the time of publication. To receive your 0.5 CEUs, go to the show page on actus.org by clicking on the Actus podcast link under the resources tab and then clicking on today's episode from the list on that page. Then follow the instructions in the show notes for today's episode. Your certificate will be automatically emailed to you upon submitting the brief evaluation. The cutoff for today's CEU episode is Friday, April 14th at 11 p.m. Eastern. After that point, the CEU period will close and you will not be eligible for the 0.5 CEUs for this week's episode. 
If you listen to all of the episodes and claim all the CEUs for the podcast episodes this year, you'll have earned 13 free CEUs for the year. With that, we've reached the end of today's Ask This Podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, April 26th for our next show focused on CMS's recently published changes for to the HCCs for 2024. Please note that this topic was originally intended for today's episode, but had to be pushed out due to unforeseen circumstances. We appreciate your understanding. If you would like to receive reminders about each episode, make sure you're subscribed to our free weekly newsletter, CDI Strategies, which always includes a link to the new episode when it's available. You can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we'd really appreciate it if you'd take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app to help others find our show. Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by D.E.N. Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazar, both obtained from the free music archive. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, please email us at info at Until next time, take care, everyone. <laughs>